Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 1st, 2017 edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Co-host Eric Garcia Gunderson joined for the first time in 2017 by Dane Carbaugh from the Rewind. Well, not the Rewind anymore. It has a new name. Dane, not Dan, uh, on YouTube. Dane, yeah, you can yeah, you Dane, can now even go to YouTube.com/slash Dane, not Dan. But yeah, yeah, Dane, new new Dane year, not, new me. Dane, yeah, new Dane, not Dan. Excuse me. Also locked on Blazers. NBC's Pro Basketball Talk. Blazers Edge. The man who also covers for me on occasion. Yeah, Dane Carbaugh. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'm back. I'm ready to do it. I think uh, 2017 started off good. It started off good for me and, of course, for the Blazers. Got to win tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, but, uh, yeah, let's let's do it. I'm ready to get back into it this year. New year, new defense. Ooh, possible, possible. You know, <laughs> just, just switching it up, throwing out new things every single game. Terry Stotts. Yeah, it. it uh, I mean, they, they, this is it not new because it's the new year which is funny but uh they've been they've been trying to trap teams for a couple of games you did a video about it uh you know they're they're trying to trap teams now uh and it's usually guys that that can score like 30 or so that they're trying to take the ball out of their hands and they've tried to be more aggressive with it minnesota burned them with it tonight early but it worked in the long run they won 95 89 Good defensive performance. CJ McCollum, career high forty three points in the win. Balled out. Uh, just was spectacular, especially in the third quarter. Just absolutely took over the game, and then uh, just carried it on for the rest of it. Yeah, Minnesota couldn't guard him. He uh, he knew that. He knew he wanted to take it to him. There was a, a clear, um, uh, I guess uh, maybe not a, necessarily a game plan from CJ, but definitely a clear uh, motive. Uh, to to attack and and make sure that the Blazers came away and and head back home with a win, which he did. And you know what? Uh, I'm more than obviously he, when you score 43 points, uh, you're okay with the shot selection. But him taking 25 shots on a night when this has been one of the issues that they've had without Lillard is that they haven't been able to score very much. And so if you might as well just have CJ take all the shots, like that's, that, that is a good idea. It's better than running dribble handoffs for Mo Harkless. Well, the interesting thing I thought about tonight, and I maybe have noticed it just because when Damien's been out is that they are running the weave more often at the top of the key with Damien out. If you really look at it, I think that goes into the, the idea of the Blazers aren't necessarily 
uh, just from a, a totals and, and per game perspective, a good passing team versus their comp- competitors because Damian Lillard is doing a lot of um, scoring. And so uh, it's it's interesting to take a look at that and see, okay, CJ's, yeah, he's still still running a lot of those pick and rolls. But the other plays are, so, well, that's not going to CJ now. That's end up they're having to run. Alan Crabb took a bunch of shots off of those those dribble handoff weaves and stuff. Those those screens, those flares to the corners. So I, a, a little more prominent tonight that I noticed. Interesting. No, that, that's it's great that you picked up on that. I I didn't really. It it did seem like they were moving the ball well in the in the first half at times. One of the things they really had a problem with was just catching the ball. Uh, it, it seemed like they they were just kind of just really bad with just simple things, executing a handoff, getting the ball to the guy in transition. It seemed like a, it seemed like a New Year's Eve hangover type of game for both teams. It felt like, in the sense that neither team was very good with the ball. Yeah, we saw a lot of weird scrambles for the ball and weird exchanges and and honestly sloppy passes telegraph passes off of off of you know some of that that action that the timberwolves picked up on for the blazers or vice versa the blazers picked up on cj you know barely missed a steal on that double team to uh, towns in the third quarter and then he on the next you know next uh next one down they double teamed him again and he did then he did steal it from from towns when he tried to cross it to the the opposite uh into the corner so uh you know three times he did it three times so yeah he, yeah, he had three yeah. three steals that's correct that's correct so um you know, kind of a sloppy game for sure. It felt like, uh, you know, Mason Plumley, I think, played well tonight, and uh, CJ McCollum did too. Uh, maybe they're the only guys who, uh, you know, were in bed at twelve oh one. I don't know. Yeah, Plumley uh, looked uh, really solid. He was finishing strong, which the Blazers really needed. He just had some good hook shots in deep in the paint, and uh, was was really strong. Uh, the Blazers. Big man rotation still seems to be a mystery that they themselves are trying to figure out. Myers Leonard started the first half, then he went 0 for 6. I thought he actually played pretty well in other aspects of the game. And then the second half, Ed Davis comes in. He played well too. I, I thought he played well, but you don't really expect him to give you any, any you know, shooting or spacing. So him going, you know, whatever he went tonight, uh, he didn't even take a shot. But he he just he seemed to muck things up a little bit, be physical, and and the Blazers in the second half I think deserve credit for just having more energy. I I just think they they looked a little bit more energetic in the second half. Their defense was really strong, and then McCollum was able to turn those stops into buckets. Yeah, and McCollum said after the game, uh, after the post game interview, that you know at halftime they really went into the locker room and and that he they thought they were just sort of playing soft, looking for calls from the officials, and they came out and just played a little bit harder, played a little bit sharper, played back to their game plan, um, and who, you know, sort of did what they could do. And obviously it worked for them the second half, and they, they pulled it out. I mean, give them credit. I think as Minnesota did not play a very good game tonight either, to be perfectly honest. So, and, and, I, they, and they haven't been good this and year. And they haven't been good this year. And I'm not so I'm not necessarily chalking that up to uh, some sort of stellar defensive performance from the Trailblazers, although, like you pointed out at the beginning of the podcast, yes, they have – um, made a change and they executed a change tonight. They double teamed Towns. They trapped certain players on the on the high on the pick and roll, um, but uh, you, they came through. I mean, and that's that's a that's a good first step for a team that's had some losing streaks. It had been it's been a frustrating year for them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And they're not a very good road team. So to come away with a, a you know a road win 
take it when you can get it. So good for the Blazers. Yeah, Blazers have been uh, an awful road team this season. Uh, with this win, they're now six and fourteen on the road overall. Yeah, so that th- that that's that's awful, obviously. But as you said, Dane, take it where you can get it, and Blazers and give credit where credit is due. They did execute the execute the changes that they have made to their defense better in the second half, and they did did well overall. It's going to be tough for, to to expect them to just carry that over into the next game because they're playing the Warriors. But I, it, it seems like the defense is a little bit stronger. I still have my doubts about whether this team will make the playoffs, just because I, we I haven't seen it consistent consistently yet. I haven't seen a, enough of a change defensively or enough of them executing it well to really believe in it. I I, I just it, it, it's still. Uh, I still want to to see them work it out. Yeah, I agree. I think that that just comes from uh, people like you and me. Obviously, our listeners watching this team, for, you know, night in, night out. I think if if you're really watching this team night in, night out, you're taking a look at um, the talents on the floor and uh, the talent, the coaching staff, and you're seeing it not really match up with sort of the results that they're you know they're really putting out. And so I I think uh, as good as they can be, and say let's say as good as they they are sort of statistically on offense and they have some of the best offensive players in the league. Uh, it's just not consistent enough. And, and and unless that defensive change is they're really able to execute it. We did see tonight, you know, the way that this, this works is it, it's really reliant. It's, it's, it's more, I think when they're um, showing and, and blitzing on the pick and roll in particular, but, but also, but also on that double team, but of course the double team down low will come on for less players in this league. Um, I think that, that really requires the team to be able to know their rotation and know the rotation after the second pass, after the third pass, maybe after the fourth pass that comes for for good teams. And that's the thing the Blazers have not done well this year at all. I think I forget who who wrote it, but somebody just mentioned, look, if if you pass the the ball two or three, if you pass the ball three times against the Blazers this year, you're probably going to score or or get a good shot. And I think that that's been true with the way they've been playing on defense this year so far. And so it's interesting because I think. Because you're having that switch off, and then you have to rotate back, and then you have to catch up. There's a lot more going on, and if, I think it's going to be hard for the Blazers to solidify that before the season sort of ends, or before their season ends for that chase for what looks like, I guess, I guess the eighth seed at this point in time. So it's not that I don't have any um, faith, but I'm just not in the position to base it off of any kind of faith. I think you and I both go off of what we've seen. What we've seen has been pretty inconsistent. So I did see a lot of good execution tonight. To, be, to that said, a lot of swings. You're seeing, you know, a lot of uh, the catch-ups are right. The uh, the stunts from weak side players coming in to to be the the second guy that stops, you know, a ball handler once the ball is swung. And you know, as everybody catches back up, all the ro- all the rotations looked pretty good tonight. And and like they're thinking their way through what they learned in practice when they made this change. And so. Uh, you know, that's, that's a good sign. That's a good sign that I saw tonight. They, they, they did. It was the Christmas break, but they did have three days uh, off in between. And, and, and maybe they, they're just, yeah, I, I, maybe that, that is what it is. Uh, and they're just locking into those details a little bit better. I think that point uh, that you mentioned that the Blazers really have been awful with rotations on a second and third pass. Uh, I, I, yeah, I I definitely agree with that, I, and I think that 
too probably is probably a factor in the team's rebounding this year, especially defensively. They they always seem to be an inch or two, or I guess a foot or two, really, uh, uh, from getting big rebounds. And they've had that problem. I remember in the Toronto game late and – they you know they did a better job tonight but it's it's yeah i mean I, if they can stay locked in to these rotations then i think it's fine it's just it, it's that's been the problem and i another two two guys i would like to give credit to while we're on this i do think in like the last week or so and maybe it's because they're getting the ball more they're getting more shots they're getting more minutes so they're locking in more but turner and crab have actually been good defensively where Dame's defense has can it, you know gets criticized and it should, but the second units have been giving up insane defensive rating numbers to lesser players than the ones that Lillard is going up against on a nightly basis, and 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 that to me has been just as detrimental to this team's defensive struggles than anything else, and 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 for Crab and Turner to play solid defense. It has helped. I think. I think not only because because Shabazz Napier is not a good defender. I mean, you saw what Chris Dunn did to him tonight. This isn't just Lillard being out. I think guys are just actually finally picking it up. And and Crab and Turner. I, I really. I could really care less like how they play offensively. Like they just need to defend. Yeah, yeah. Evan Turner had a couple of stretches tonight. I think in the second quarter where he was uh, sort of feeling it and putting players in, in you know trying to get to his spots on offense and going back and forth with Shab- uh, uh, Shabazz Muhammad. Um, where he had a couple plays on defense where he had some nice strips and things like that, getting back in transition where he looked determined. Yeah, and, and he had a really, really good showing. Uh, Alan Crabb, obviously, I think, if you're going to make a case for which player has had the best uh, sort of emotional response to Damian Lillard being out because of that minutes increase, it's been Alan Crabb. We sort of wondered, I think, how much the whole – um, you know, getting paid seventy million dollars to then be on the the second guy after Evan Turner off the bench a lot of the times, um, where he said he wanted to be a starter when he signed that contract with Brooklyn. Uh, how much is that a true? What is that affecting? I mean, I I'm seeing the the evidence in front of my eyes at least tells me that with Damian out and his you know his role increasing, sometimes being the starting uh, two guard if I'm not not mistaken. He's playing a lot better. He looks a lot more confident, and he's which is interesting because he's he's going up with the ball a lot a lot quicker when he gets those shots, which is perfect. That's what you're on the floor for. Do it, yeah. Um, so, I mean, is that good long term? It's, it's hard to speculate given that when Damian comes back, I don't know how his role changes, but maybe maybe Terry makes him a heavier part of the rotation or something. I don't know. Maybe, but he, he, he appears to, to need that and who, who can blame him, but he appears to need that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, we're, we're all human beings, you know, I, I, and especially, you know, you want to feel like you're more valued and when you're playing and, and in Crab's case, he played the most minutes tonight since Lillard's been out. They've been, he's been playing the, the most minutes, a lot of games too. He hasn't just been just, you know, getting a token start. And then he's been on the floor for a lot of time. And, 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 and Stotts has been playing him a lot and he's, he, he's really responded well to that. I think he deserves a lot of credit for, for that change. We have been critical of his play. And, and if he, if he plays like this, he is a he's worth the money if yeah, he plays absolutely. like this when when he plays def, defense like this cuz 
his threes will go down at a decent rate. I don't really have that much of a, but he needs to step up defensively for this team. Cause that's where this team needs help. And he, if he can do this for the rest of the season, I will feel much more confident about Portland's chances to get into the playoffs, but you know that we need to see that still when Lillard comes back, how's that going to affect these guys that, you know, that have played better since he's been out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, okay, so, yeah. what, what else do you want to talk about tonight? Do you want to get some uh, some fan questions? I have a couple of those. I put those out. You want to do those later? Let's do some. Let's yeah. Let's do some. Let's do some questions. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm done. It's been a, it's been a while since we've done. It's questions. been a while since we've done I've, questions. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of takes lately. So we're, yeah, let's. <laughs> Who can blame yeah. you? All right. The first one we're gonna that's do. Right, that's right. Is from uh, Brandon Goldner, Goldner PDX on Twitter. He wants to know: Is the Blazers' new defense for real? Is the Blazers new D? Uh, I think, the, okay, two-part answer. Okay. The approach is for real. Yes. Whether they are successful with it, I cannot vouch for that. Yeah, right, right, because you could certainly, while they well, they lost to the Raptors, they shut down that offense, the best offense in the league, and held them to a rate that was efficiency-wise much, much below their season average. And so you're, you're looking at it saying, yes, that's great. But on the flip side, you could also chalk that up to every scouting uh, report on the Blazers says this is how they do things. The Raptors weren't prepared for how the Blazers were going to play that game defensively. So over time, right. do, do teams gather more uh, tape evidence and tendency um, data and end up exploiting them differently because the team is not filled with players of uh, either playing at a high, high level or of high defensive caliber? I don't know. I'm hoping that the system does work as, as much as the the switch between, you know, from basically from this system back in 2012 or 13, um, as much as the system switched over back to, you know, over, over to ice with Robin Lopez, uh, I'm hoping and was incredibly successful. I'm hoping that if this is something they have to do for the rest of the season, it at least makes them bumps them up away from being a historically bad defensive team. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think the approach is for real. I don't know if we can judge the results yet. Yeah, I think we're we're way we're in the small sample size zone. Yeah, very 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 small. Okay. But thank you, Brandon, for the yeah. question. Uh, let's see here. So I have another one. Uh, let's see here. It's from uh, <laughs> Give It Up Pod Life. Uh, wants to know um, which of the big off season contracts will be traded first. I mean, I guess are we counting Mo and Myers as big? I think it counts as big, probably. Yeah, I, I would I would say with how Myers has played so far this season, it would be considered okay. big. All right, so a, 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 at least his contract. Okay, so you got Mo Evan, CJ, not CJ. Well, I guess you I, could, could, I, I mean, guess. he did sign. He did an sign extension. an extension. Okay, let's let's put that in there too. Might as well. Crab and Turner. First, Pro- probably gonna say Crab. I would agree with you. He's the most. He's the most valuable to another team. He's the best. Yeah. He's the. Yeah, he's, he's the best, the best value he, out yeah. of all those players. Well, other than CJ, who other than CJ, I don't think they should. I don't, after what he did tonight, don't really feel like trading the guy. I I still so. feel like as much as there has been talk about, oh, this team doesn't work with Damian and CJ. Even if let's say let's say that is true, they're not. The Blazers aren't going to know whether or not that's true or not for another year and a half. He's not going anywhere. Unless somebody no, comes comes and, in with a Paul George offer, he's not going anywhere. The Blazers aren't like, oh, we have to get rid of this guy. Nobody in the Blazers front office thinks that. 
No, no, nobody's thinking that. I don't, I don't think. And it, it, no, it, it, he's he's super good, and I think it's way too early. You just had a year where you were successful. You were a top six rebounding team with those two guys on your team. You did a lot of good things, and yeah, I think it's a little too early to make that call. And I also think that the whole idea behind trading CJ is mostly, uh, or insanely enough, I've heard trade Damian, uh, is that they're too poor defensively together for the team to work. It's like, it's harder to find a CJ McCollum than it is to trade for Robin Lopez. Uh, that's just how the NBA works. I'm sorry, but there aren't that many CJ McCollums around and it's easier to pair together a, a couple, you know, defensive bigs to be able to, to, or plus hire a Lawrence Frank or somebody to be your defensive guru on the, on the, on the bench than it is to find a CJ McCollum. So uh, it's, it's easy. And, and we've seen this team trade for those types of players before it's easier to go that direction if you want to not blow up the whole thing. And if you trade CJ, basically what you'd be doing is, I mean, you'd be trading for another star, but you'd be blowing up whatever the chemistry, the offense would have to change, probably all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that CJ is not going anywhere for a while at the very least, if ever. And I'd say it's definitely going to be a uh, crab just because of his, his value. Yeah. And, and another point to add on to that too, that just kind of popped in my head. If you want the Blazers to trade one of the two guys for like another to, to improve the defense or whatever, it's going to look a lot like it has the last week. It's going to be, you're going to struggle to score a hundred points and your wins are going to come when your one good perimeter offensive player scores 40 points. Exactly. So it, it, yeah. So it, it, this is, this is not, it, that's just not sustainable. Yeah. So thank Yeah. Good question. though. So uh, let's see here. I, I want to answer this one just cause I, I'm, uh, it's a new year, feeling feisty, but uh, the gentleman four wants to know why does Myers Leonard suck so much? I'll just answer that question right now. Myers Leonard does not suck. He's not bad at basketball. And in fact, if you're going to rank the you know 420 players or whatever in the NBA, Myers Leonard is not down down near the bottom. He does a lot of things right. I'll give you an example. Tonight, I was looking at how he was playing, and he came up to set a flat screen on CJ uh, when CJ drained that um, that little sort of runner at the free throw line with about a minute left or something like that. Myers has made that play happen by being able to react and, and set that flat screen and know better. Now, regardless of whether or not he went 0 for 6 from three-point land or whatever he did tonight and played well, like you said, Eric, he played better in other aspects of the game tonight. And for a big man, and a crucial thing for Myers to be good at, to be perfectly honest, is to be good at screening. And he's gotten a lot better at screening. If you remember his first two years in the league, he had a lot of weird, he'd do that thing where he'd like set a screen, then freeze, and like yeah, like push his shoulders in, and but his and he put his shoulders in instead of being instead of instead be of be wide, wide strong, right? Like. But then he'd be too wide with his legs, which is why he get called for a foul because he trip players all the time. So um, he's much better at screening. He knows where to be in the offense. He knows the offense really well. Um, yeah, Myers Leonard is not a bad bad basketball player, uh, regardless of sort of my own little uh, you know uh, kingdom of fanhood for him or whatever you want to call it. Um, objectively, Myers Leonard is not a bad basketball player. So um, if you're not uh, it's interesting. It's I think it's interesting though that uh, Blazers fans can uh, watch him for so long and, and not pick up on those things. But maybe there are subtleties, and maybe that's why you and I are here to hopefully be able to. Uh, I mean, you know, that's maybe why my, my YouTube channel exists a little bit to be able to teach teach folks more about the game and hope they can enjoy it more, or um, appreciate players better, or um, be more more critical of other players in certain dimensions for sure. So, but uh, yeah, Myers Leonard is is not a bad basketball player. No, I, I, I don't. Okay, well, 
Myers Leonard, no, he's not a he's not a bad basketball player uh, overall in the league. I I do think though it's it's fair. I I think I'm a little disappointed in how sure. he's played so far this season. Yes. I, I I think it's that this is where I I I I am with Myers. I I definitely think that he has talent. I definitely think that he can be an effective player. And tonight, I thought he was pretty good at at at. at things that he normally does not do well. I thought he was in the right spot defensively. I thought he was boxing out. I thought he was being physical, all that stuff. And he has a use. I mean, clearly the other night against the Kings, he helped them win that game and he can help you win games. And, and tonight he didn't make his shots, but uh, I, the, the part that's disappointed me a little bit is that some of the stuff that I thought we saw from him in preseason where he was, being able to float more to the basket and roll a little bit more. He's not doing a lot of that. And uh, he's also just, he's not where I thought he would be as a rebounder or as a player overall. Maybe some of that's the shoulder. Maybe some of that is tentativeness with that, but um, he doesn't suck. I am a little disappointed though, because he hasn't really improved much. Uh, pretty much ever since that one series against Memphis, he's kind of had two years where he's kind of just been stagnant. And so that to me has been a disappointment. I agree with you. We talked a lot about that the preseason about him, hopefully being able to be a better role, man. I think as for as much, uh, information just visually as I've gathered on him as a role man this year, I feel like he, he really doesn't have a, a very good lane feel. To be perfectly honest, not not yeah. when it comes to not when it comes to being able to space away from guys or or know which direction to, you know, which if he should go diagonally or go down the lane when there's going to be a, another cutter from the weak side with him. Uh, and some of that could also be that the Blazers offense with some of the guys he's playing with are also don't know what they're doing sometimes. Um, and the rebounding thing could also be the same thing where it's like a lot of times he's the only one down there trying to rebound. And so. You know, if if you had more, you know, a lot of times, good rebounding teams have guys boxing out for other guys. It's not like, you know, it's not every every yeah. not every guy is Kevin Love flying in for. It's the Robin or or Chris. It's the Robin Lopez. Yeah, sorry. it's the Robin Lopez effect. Exactly. It's it's not every guy is Kevin Love or Chris Paul flying in because they have exact knowledge of where a basketball is going to come off the rim. That's like a very 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 rare talent. Good rebounding teams are putting bodies on people, and the Blazers don't put bodies on people. Now. Maybe the maybe Myers isn't putting enough bodies on people to let his other guys get it, or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But I agree with you. I think in terms of the overall um, skill set, because he's what twenty five, twenty six now. Um, yeah, I think a more complete player would be nice. I think a lot of that still is about um, team fit and uh, playing time and confidence and how it all plays into that. I would say. If I'm being frank, frank, I have a real question mark about whether Myers Leonard remains on this team. And I think a big part of that will be what they do to um, fix the front line outside of him in terms of who gets traded, whether those guys move and whether that opens up space for him or if it pushes him down lower into the into the bottom of the rotation. So because um, I think right now, the way Terry Stotts sees it, he um, he doesn't feel like he's a good fit on the floor. So. Maybe that changes with Mason Plumlee not on this team in a couple of years, uh, which I think is probably definitely going to happen because I don't see Mason Plumlee as being a useful um, starter on defense from what he's going to get paid. Uh, not for the Blazers, not for a team that's already really bad at, at defense. So um, so I, I think that 
it's a it's a hard situation to be in for all the parties. But uh, but I'm with you. I I do wish he was uh, more more rounded out really as a big man. Yeah, and and that's the thing about Plumley too. It's weird because I like, I agree with you, but he also is probably their best big man. So it's it's just like this weird. They're just it's it's a quagmire. Yeah. I, that, that's the that's the word. I'm, uh, that's my new word for the Blazers. Is the, it is a quagmire. quagmire. It's 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 a it's a it's an awful Sudoku puzzle where you keep having to erase things. You don't know where things go. It's uh, it's it's awkward for sure. You, you move you move one thing and something else falls over there. So, anyways, uh, I guess thanks for the question. <laughs> we'll we'll go to our last one. I think our last one's a good one. Uh, Jeff Van Hungry wants to know uh, if you could pick any position in pro sports, you'd be a punter, right? I think this is this is we have to set up the premise is whether or not like are am I me am I me in this scenario or am I like athletic me or am I like am I a pro level athlete me and then I can just pick which one to be. I think we should just do. If you are ourselves, I mean, but when he but when he goes to punter, it does feel like he's almost asking if it were our current okay. selves. Uh, but so that's when when he's throwing that in there. That that's what I feel like he he's alluding to i think he's trying to make it seem like us you know behind the microphone guys what position would we maybe play maybe, maybe he's right just now? alluding to my my body shape and size you know pro punter i really have a pro punter's body uh or it's a it's more of a it's more I, of a janikowski I, 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 I have i yeah yeah I, well i i have worse than a pro punter's <laughs> body so i i mean i wish i wish i could have the body yeah of a that's pro uh so, some of them are are insanely ripped that's for sure i would say yeah. I, punter would be the most attainable given that i mean i i was a kicker in high school i went to pro kicking camps and everything and and had uh had friends who kicked at the d1 level and stuff and so i was i was really into that kind of thing and punting was actually my favorite thing to do it was things i it was the thing that i was best at um and uh and i think it's fun i think well he's obviously alluding to the, the idea this would be the most attainable thing and the easiest way to get paid without having to get uh clobbered Right, because if you're playing football, obviously you get destroyed. If you're anything else, and basketball, it's like I'm never gonna make it there. So no, no, you, no even I'm at my not, top I mean, level. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, in yeah, in, in answering this question, in I think his, you know, the way he was asking it, probably probably right, punter. punter, me current condition, but you know, I, I guess we could take a stab at this both ways. We can have two answers. We can say like ideal us, we could play. I would say ideal me would play like if I was tall and not right. in my current shape, I would love to play like I would love to play like a three I would love to play four. Like three okay. four. Like I, I would love to really? be that I would love to be that Interesting. Guy. That's like yeah. why? Why would you want to be three four? Like a like a like a passing three four or like a Moharkless three four? Yeah, yeah, like a passing like, like like I mean like I would shoot I would like to shoot. Like I could space the floor and maybe maybe set some screens like Kind of like a Minu, okay. right. maybe, but with a little bit better passing. Right. Okay, I get that. Yeah, uh, I mean, if I'm gonna pick, that, that, that's like my that's my. If ideal I'm gonna pick me. a sport to play, it's definitely gonna be basketball. Even though I would say, I I hate to say this uh, out loud, but like my worry for just destroying my knees as a professional basketball player would be high. If if in this the theoretical scenario, oh. if I'm just injecting my current like brain into like this uh, pro athlete body or something, but I would play, I would play one for sure. Like that's how I see the floor. I'm not. I don't. I've never been good at playing other positions. Like even playing the playing a non non ball handling too. Like coming, you know, running running around and cutting off screens or something, and then being the guy who shoots the ball. I don't see the floor that way. I'm like, all y'all set screens for each other, and then I'll pass it to whoever's open. Yeah. Like that. That's like my whole. That's how I play basketball. So I would say I'd definitely still be one. 
Yeah, no, I. I, I but a, yeah, shoot, a but shooting like one, that. a shooting like one, that. a shooting one. So like, uh, yeah. yeah I, oh man, somebody did have a good good comp for one of my friends that I played basketball with on Twitter. Said something about what I was like, and I I forget what, I forget who they comp me to, but I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But basically, like a a, he- a heavy pounding guard, like uh, you know, a quick first step, but every step after that, just like you know, exponentially slower. So I'm just gonna body people so I can yeah. drive, you know. But I'm not, I'm you know, I'm, I'm passing, and I can I can shoot threes and everything. I was good at threes, but uh, I'm not like I'm not Damien or anything, you know. And I'm not I'm not Chris Paul. Yeah, no, I I would say that I I would play hard defensively. I would definitely yeah. do that, and I I I can see the floor well, but I'm not I'm not point guard. You're, see the floor. You're not an offense like, initiator. I'm, I. I I'm more of a I, – I would consider myself more of a, a Draymond Boris Diaw, see the floor <laughs> type person where where it's not – or or Mason Plumley, you know, where it's not necessarily I'm going to initiate everything. But if someone else does the first work for me, then I can make the second yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. All right. Punter. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd be a one guard, you'd be a three, four. I like that. I like that idea. Thanks for the question. Okay, so let's run uh, the pick yeah, and roll. Yeah, exactly. We're on the pick and roll, baby. You know, and, and – yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> – <laughs> all right uh I, are we gonna take any more i think that's the gonna... only those are the only ones that i got i could uh, i could refresh twitter here for a second but i think those are the ones that i got wait, wait, wait. you got, I got a late one from at dj squared 503 any new year's resolutions for you i'll let you go first we, we have you and i got on I, and i thought we'd maybe talk about new year's a little bit but uh so i didn't i didn't want to uh do it too much but i'll let you go first you got any I I'd, I'd like to be. Uh, this is a super vague. I just like to be healthier. I, I I'm not gonna like put it out there that I'm like trying to lose weight or trying to. I just want to be a little bit healthier. I, I, I just like you know just eat a little bit better. You know I think cutting down on meat is something that I actually do want to do. Like li- limiting meat to like like once twice a week because I'm eating meat. Yeah. A lot. That's it. My my girlfriend so, just watched this movie Cowspiracy today. And now she's gonna go meatless for a month to see how it goes. Well, I'm trying to, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah, it's hard. I mean, because I like, I like meat. I like you know beef, chicken, pork, all that. I mean, it's all great. But like, I would love to to like try and. Eat what else a do you do that's unhealthy? You're trying to cut out. Uh, tortilla oh, chips, dude. Okay, I I don't know how I can never not eat chips. One, because even even I, I eat them dude, all the time. All the time. Even healthy food that's like, oh, this will satisfy your crunch. And it's like, no, like vegetables that are crunchy are not crunchy. Like they are a different thing than soft vegetables you've cooked, but it's not crunchy. The, I, I need a specific, I need toast or like, you know, like English muffins or tortilla chips. I eat tortilla chips every time I've been like in shape and like it had like a very specific, like, oh, I need to lose weight kind of thing. I still ate tortilla chips. I just ate a very specific, specific amount of them and I only ate them once a day. But it's like every day with lunch, 14 tortilla chips. Yes, give me that thing. Cause I, I just, I can't eat soft food all the time. I'm totally with you. Yeah. No, it, it's it, kale chips. They're kale chips are not, they're not yeah. hard. If it if it can't like get stuck in your teeth and like there hurt you, you if yeah. you bite on it too hard, it, it, that's yeah. It's if not, you can't get count. like one of those little things like so. right in your like um, your your permanent retainer in your bottom teeth, you're like, oh, I mean, I cannot get it out of there. Yeah, no, no. Uh, my my resolution, I have I have two. I'm starting on Monday under advice of uh, some uh, some extended family members who are personal trader types. I'm starting a program called um, Squat Every Day. 
and it's not just squatting, obviously, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, but uh, as a person who uh, has been a gym rat and likes the gym and everything, I've really gotten out of it the last three years. I'm insanely uh, not healthy, <laughs> and uh, I've taken I've taken a huge step backwards in terms of my fitness and everything, and uh, and it's it's affected my health in other ways. If you've heard me complain about uh, plantar fasciitis and stuff on this podcast or anywhere else, so hopefully that really that really fixes. So I'm excited. I'm excited to start that uh, tomorrow. Actually, it's gonna be fun. Um, and then uh, what's the other thing? My other one was oh my other one was uh, so 52 weeks in a year, right? 52 weeks in a year. So I'm doing yeah, yes, uh, on yes. my YouTube channel. My resolution is to make this year uh, two two a week on average. So end up with 104 videos for 2017, uh, which I think will be really really hard to get to because of the kind of schedule and amount that that takes. You know, amount of effort. But I have a lot of good ideas for videos coming up. Um, a lot coming out. Like I think I had three videos this last week come out. So um, yeah, I just kind of you know I started that a year ago. It was we talked to a couple you know a month ago or something. That was like the the, the year anniversary of it. And I kind of last year kind of um, either lost faith, faith in doing it or I got injured or I wasn't in the mood or, or whatever. And I didn't go as hard into it as I wanted to. And I kind of been really making a big, uh, both uh, a time investment and uh, an emotional investment and uh, like a, a money investment to be honest. And like some of the stuff that I bought for it, you know, to make the, the videos a lot hot, more, more high quality. And so that's my big resolution is to like really, really do it and really follow through with something that I think is, um, you know, I like being creative and doing that kind of stuff. So, uh, I just, I just want to be better about it. If it, it feels good as, as you know, to be able to create stuff. So that's my resol my, my resolution is to 104 videos two week on the, on the channel. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to steal your resolution. Would love to be getting this to five a week on a more consistent basis. Uh, so that, that, that I'm going to yeah. steal that one too for the, for locked on blazers, but we appreciate you listening even when we don't make it five a week. So we love that. Yeah, and 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 of right. course, well, I have to say right now again, if you guys want to, please please head over to youtube.com/slash Dane Not Dan, my YouTube channel. It's fun, and uh, that's where I'm going to be all the time, just pumping stuff out for you guys. So it's going to be great. Uh, keep checking out all of Dane Not Dan's stuff in 2017, and keep it locked on Blazers here on the Locked On Podcast Network all the way throughout 2017. The Blazers start the new year with a victory. C.J. McCollum, a career-high 43 points in a 95-89 win in Minnesota. That's going to do it for us. Subscribe to the Locked On Blazers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM. If you'd like to advertise with us, send us an email at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com. And uh, we will catch you next time. Blazers don't play until Wednesday, but we will be back with you before that. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.